This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Front Row on The Bigger Picture and I'm Sharmila Ganesan. The COVID-19 pandemic has significantly changed how art is created and performed. Um, so in many ways, the work that we are focusing on today is a great example of those changes. Um, it's called Soliloquy, a dance film, and it's a collaborative dance video made between dancer and choreographer Suki Yi and musician Rachel Moraes. Um, and it was actually made this year while observing social distancing requirements. And with Suki being in Kuala Lumpur and Rachel in Brisbane. Um, so the four and a half minute film was released a few weeks ago on YouTube and social media. And we do have both of them with us via Zoom. Again, an indication of the times. Uh, thank you for joining me, Rachel and Suki. Thanks for having us. So I I think uh, I would like to start just because of of how this project came about. Just an introduction of what this year has been for you in terms of um, the work you do, in terms of your artistic process. Um, What has COVID been in terms of how you work as a musician or as a dancer? Uh, Yeah, I think it would be kind of a weird time. So last year I had uh, an ACL tear and then I had to do surgery. So this year was supposed to be like, you know, my comeback year. And I, I'm, you know, recovering and going into projects. And then suddenly everything is, you know, postponed or canceled because of COVID. And then it just kind of happened very organic, organically because then there were all these kind of platforms. And people, I think, were also just itching to do things, you know, while at home. And I think it's very much uh, the same how this project came about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just wanting to see, okay, is there some other way I can still continue exploring? And also because I haven't been dancing in a while and I just really want to create again. Yeah. What about you, Rachel? I think for me personally, I mean, obviously it has been a really weird year. So with myself, I am a piano teacher as well. So such a practical job having to see my students face to face was thoroughly changed into doing online teaching but that was a lot of adjustment and also just a bit of confusion between you know learning how to use the interface and so on musically I must say I think it gave me a chance to create more just because I didn't actually have to go out and do too many things I was in my own space in my home where I could just I've got my keyboard let's write something so I in some ways I think COVID has had his blessings as well, just being at home, being able to create. And then, yeah, you know, having this collaboration project with Suki, having the time to do it as well, you know, because we're all confined in our spaces. Yeah, it's been an interesting one. Did you guys know each other before this um, collaboration came about? Yeah. Way before. So we met each other actually in Aswara. We went in uh, Aswara uh, the same batch, but I was in dance and she was in music and we met each other because of orientation. Yes. <laughs> uh, but then Rachel left um, after the first year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we kept in touch. We kind of follow each other's work. Uh, really cool. And then see both of us graduating at different spaces. <laughs> Just to set it up a little bit, so Soliloquy, a dance film, is essentially a contemporary dance video uh, with Suki dancing and uh, doing the choreography, uh, music by Rachel, right? So how did this idea come about? It actually started personally for me while I was writing it, just before producing it, releasing it. I did have an image of Suki actually in my mind dancing to it, just like a short little clip. 
But I just didn't think too much about it. I thought, oh, yeah, it would be nice. And then once the music was released, I thought, let's see what can happen with it. So I spoke to Suki, just gave an idea about, yeah, dancing to my music. And honestly, it just started with a conversation. And then that sparked a whole process of the creation of the film. So just to be clear, the the piece itself, Soliloquy, the music piece, is actually part of an album that you released um, earlier this year. Yes, yes. Yes. So the music came first. Yes, the music came first, then yeah. the dance. Right. So Suki, then what happened when Rachel sort of started talking to you about this idea? Honestly, when the I, I heard Soliloquy even before the album came out. So Rachel has this Facebook page where she sometimes posts kind of like her kind of work in progress. So I actually remember the first time I heard Soliloquy and it was this, you know, kind of home video. So her playing Soliloquy in her piano in her room. But um, I remember being so moved by this particular piece of music. And I was outside, you know, and I remember I told Rachel too, yeah, and I heard like the beginning of it and I just felt so moved by it that I actually went into my room, shut the door and kind of just sit in silence with the music. And yeah, it just it just moved me so much. And I already also felt, and I think this was before Rachel told me, felt like I wanted, because there were so many images that came to my head uh, and that I felt like I want to do something with it. And actually in February, I had um, a performance kind of scheduled. So it was supposed to be a site-specific performance. And I told Rachel about it. Okay, maybe this would be the platform where we can, you know, use the music. But then because of um, COVID and stuff, and then the performance didn't happen. And then, yeah, and then pan- um, the lockdown happened. And then we started talking and we were like, maybe it can be like a video instead of like a yeah, like mm. a live performance. Mm. And yeah. at that point, um, did you already foresee that you would have to work on it separately? Um, and, and and basically just from each of your homes, actually? Yeah, because... Yeah. Either way, you know, I'm in Australia, Suki's in Malaysia. So I was thinking, yeah, whether it's we in lockdown or not, we're just going to have to do it on our own and then just merge the videos or our projects together. Mm. And what was that process of planning for that like? Uh, actually, like, I don't know. I think looking back, it, it happened quite organically. It, it happened quite naturally. I think we didn't plan a lot. Coming from where Suki, what was Suki saying is that um, we had a couple of Zoom meetings just to talk about the process. The idea from what I recall was just a short little dance clip. It wasn't going to be like a full on dance film. That was the idea. And then from there, we we were experimenting with different ideas. And we also talked about potentially, you know, applying for a grant with Chindana as well. And that's how it started to become a larger scale project. So this was part of the Chandana's uh, Create Now Fund, right? Which was yes. created yes. for artists who are making work under the pandemic, basically. Yes. Yeah, yeah. In terms of how you wanted the video to look and and feel, um, what was the entry point? I mean, because there was already music and there was a certain mood or a tone that's set by it, um, how did you decide what the dance aspect would be? Yeah, so like I mentioned before, because the music already gave me so many images in my head. Uh, so for instance, this idea of having a mirror or a reflection and then, you know, this this candle, so you're kind of examining your, your own self. 
or the bathtub. So being this kind of personal space that you sit and sometimes, you know, get lost in your thoughts. So I think for us, uh, we kind of define what of these scenes, what these scenes mean and what, yeah. And I think for me very much, it's once I have these scenes and then I just kind of go into the setting and kind of just explore and having a lot of material. So we actually uh, have different kind of footages. And then actually it was a lot on the editor part, which is Rachel's friend, Beth, who kind of put everything together. Yeah. For those who haven't watched the video, the video um, has several scenes. One is sort of a full shot of Suki dancing against um, a, a blank wall, but you know there are what look like projections or shadows on it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's in a bathtub, uh, quite a sort of haunting scene of her drinking a glass of wine in a bathtub. Another setting is of you holding a candle um, in front of a mirror. Did I leave yeah. anything out in terms of the different visuals that, that are in the video? And one more with Rachel playing. Yeah. That's right, of course, yes. And then, but, Well, we don't actually see Rachel. We see her hands. Yeah, yeah that's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, wanted the main idea to be the dance. So a little bit of me and my hands playing, just to show and, that... And I the keys and the... Positive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I was curious, Rachel, um, the music itself, because obviously the music was created earlier. Um, mm. What was what was your idea? What was the feel of this particular piece? The feel of it. When I started writing it, I was in a place of, I'd say, yeah, reflection and consternation, just wondering about my path in life or just going through a few different things. So as I was creating that, I wanted to sort of put that into the music as well with the repeated patterns that symbolizes, you know, the the thought patterns that keeps going through the mind. And so I would say the sort of mood or place I started from was from a bit of a reflective point, if that makes any sense. Which is kind of fitting, I think, even though you didn't Mm. write it during the pandemic. Uh, for this time. So Mm. we do need to take a quick break. Um, But when we come back, I want to hear a little bit more about the visuals in the in the video itself and and what they represent and what you thought of the final product. So I'm speaking with dancer and choreographer Suki Yi and musician Rachel Morais about their collaborative dance film called Soliloquy, which was released a few weeks ago. So we'll be back after a short break. You're listening to Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Front Row on The Bigger Picture and I'm Sharmila Ganesan. I'm speaking with dancer and choreographer Suki Yi and musician Rachel Morais about a dance film that they made together called Soliloquy, which was released a few weeks ago. And it is, um, it's quite an apt representation of how art and performance is evolving in this COVID-19 era. Um, Suki, so before the break, we talked about how, um, you know, the, the music actually came before this year, 2020, became a reality for us. But for you, in terms of the video, did you want it to reflect our current experience? Because as a viewer, for me, I felt like a lot of the images and the choreography resonated with the mood of this year. I think it did, even though uh, I I already had certain images. But once I started explaining these kind of ideas that I had to Rachel uh, over Zoom, and we started also reflecting what the music, and that was when she shared with me, you know, in deeper detail, what the, the piece of music meant for her. 
And yeah, so at that point, we had already started, um, you know, being under quarantine, I think maybe two weeks or something. So, you know, not feeling the full impact yet, but, you know, feeling it already. And I think uh, definitely we were aware um, of what what kind of mood or, or what kind of story, right, a narrative here we're trying to say. So, so okay, yeah, it means the act of speaking to oneself and we were saying how, you know, in, in quarantine and then you're just alone a lot of the time. And yeah, whether out loud or in your head and you have all these kind of, you know, conversations with, with yourself. And we actually also uh, drew parallels um, to our own process in making art. So whether, you know, you're composing a piece of music or whether I'm dancing or choreographing something again alone in my room. And you know you're not dancing with people. And then so you're always your own observer, um, either of your own process or of your own um, work. And always outside looking in and inside looking out. And so having this kind of two-way conversation even with yourself. And, and then we realize, of course, you know, for so many people, it will be the same, even if it's not about making art, but just going on about everyday life. But when you have less people around you and a lot of your thoughts, then instead of speaking it out loud to someone else, it then becomes internal. And yeah, I think we, we actively wanted to, to, to create this kind of uh, reflection. Mm. And Rachel, you know, you did mention before we went on break how um, the piece itself was born out of a, a sense of reflection for you. Um has it taken on maybe a bit of a new dimension now, um, given the year that we've all been through, but also having seen it realized in this video? Yeah, I think it has evolved, obviously, through the dance film, having movement kind of bring out a story true to my piece. I'd say it still retains its meaning that I put to it, you know, about self-reflection, analyzing my thoughts through music but also in this given time I reckon it's actually pretty relevant as well when you are in a place of you know being in quarantine and having to adjust to a new way of life you do have to confront your thoughts your feelings and yeah have that self-talk with yourself in terms of what's going on in your life mm. yeah how much um how much influence, how much input did you have, Rachel, into the choreography and the look of the video? <laughs> I don't think I had much input in terms of the dance because I don't know too much about dance. I appreciate it, but in terms of knowing the technique and so on, I just trusted Suki. I've seen her dance so many times. I'm a fan of her work, so I trusted her with that. In terms of imagery, I did talk about wanting it to be intimate, so like a darker sort of feel with that warm glow, so having like warm lighting. And yeah, the, the about, lighting was something that struck me, the the sort of consistent yeah. focus on that warm light. Mm -hmm, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that sort of familiarity that you get from a warm light, that's what I felt, and I think that's what Suki also felt as well. Uh, that was probably my... Input, I mean, it was also a shared, a mutual understanding with the whole bathtub scene as well. I think for me, I was just happy for Suki to take the lead with the dance and the way the scenes would uh, transit to each other. Mm. So Suki, um, you know, what sort of dance language, what sort of movement informed the choreography that went into this? 
So in general, I would say yes, contemporary dance vocabulary. But when I so some parts of it was actually improvised, but kind of because um, personally I like improvisation. So either interacting with a site um, or interacting with a specific piece of music. So some part of it was me just listening to the music and moving, but of course being clear with myself, what are the kinds of emotions that I'm, I'm feeling, you know? So whether it's this kind of chaotic inter, uh, inner turmoil or is it this kind of contemplative feeling of looking at, at myself? Um, some parts of it uh, definitely was choreographed. And I think, yeah, generally just this idea of when I'm alone and I, I have this very intense, I think sometimes almost dark, but I think it doesn't have to be. Sometimes it's just overwhelming, you know, to look at yourself so closely and to feel things so intensely. Um, yeah, and, and I think also because very obviously I'm dancing alone and I also use that emotion, you know, always always dancing alone and always having, yeah, again, this two-way conversation with myself. So even when I'm looking at my fingers or when my fingers are touching my head, you know, this kind of realization of the, the person or the body that, that you're in. Mm. It did strike me that one of the differences between um, performing dance on a stage to a live audience versus something like this is the intimacy because the camera moves much closer than than a, you know typically someone would on a stage and and a dancer <laughs> it also moves in different ways it it focuses on your face in ways that i think in a performance it usually wouldn't um how does that change your thought process in terms of the choreography i think that was very early in the lockdown. So I think later on, I start to realize, oh, actually, there are more kind of camera or, or more ideas that I could do with the camera. But I think when I was planning these shots, uh, which was done my done by my brother, you know, just broke in whoever you can find. <laughs> Who lives um, in the same house. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> Um, so in, in a sense, I guess at that point, I didn't have such a clear idea uh, in terms of filming yet. So I had this specific scenes. And then when we were doing the scenes, I was actually kind of directing him almost spontaneously. So like the scene in the bathtub and then, you know, taking the camera and shifting it and thinking, oh, okay, I think like from this angle, it'll be interesting. Or, okay, I, now I want to focus um, on the wine that is uh, pouring down my, my neck. So can you do a close-up from the front? So yeah, but I definitely it changed my process in the, in, in the sense that I am suddenly aware of the different kind of layers or the different kind of details that I can uh, give the audience rather than just movements, you know? So even, even eye movements then become very, very strong and it was very interesting for me to, to play with that. So one of the things that has happened this year and collectively, I think, for many people in the performing arts industry um, is they've all been forced to rethink what it means to perform, uh, what it means to create art. Um, and, and the truth is we don't actually know when or, or how it will change. Um, did the, Working on this process kind of 
give you guys some sense of the possibilities, um, you know, different ways of thinking uh, in terms of the work you do? Yeah, I think it definitely opened up our, I mean, for me personally, you know, to come out of that idea that we have to be in the same place in order to create. We can actually be overseas. We can have limited resources. It's all about finding different ways around it, being resourceful. I think in this time, with the restrictions we've had to deal with, that has only created or given us a different way of being creative. So in that sense, I'm quite thankful for this opportunity. And I think for me, yeah, actually, Rachel and I talked about this before, about how it's ironic. So we... Uh, yeah, I think since 2015, maybe, we very seldom see each other, you know, once every two years or something. Um, but we've we've always talked about collaborating, you know, it'd be so cool if we do something together. But it never came about and it was only until, you know, the lockdown. But all this time, we could have worked out yeah. something. So, so Rachel is definitely right, you know. I think in terms of methods of collaboration or even um, the form in which performance can take, so um, I've collaborated with, for example, filmmakers to create, you know, short films or, or yeah, videos. But I think it's usually from their direction. So, you know, they want to create something and they think, okay, it would be cool to have movement or a dancer. And I think this is the first um, dance film or film on, on, on video that I am actively creating or choreographing. And that felt very different for me, you know. So suddenly... I have control or, or I have to think about, yeah, the framing of the camera, storyboard and things like that, which I think mm. is usually uh, something rather uh, more unfamiliar to, to my usual practice. And, and yeah, I think just, just the different ways of how we can create art under different circumstances and yeah, definitely being resourceful. So I think we always mentioned this, how the orange light or the dark, um, yeah, warm light in the video was actually created uh, using this, you know, blanket covers, but they're rather transparent. Yes. So we just put it over light. <laughs> so that was, that was completely, you know, because so I ordered these kind of lights and we, we said, okay, because we wanted something dramatic. So, you know, um, the normal room lights wouldn't work. So we say, okay, yeah. So I ordered flood lights and then we tried using glass paper and other stuff, but it didn't work. And my brother, um, you know, he just took a blanket and he kind of put it <laughs> over the light. And we're like, this works so well. <laughs> So the other aspect of performance, of course, um, is the audience, right? Um, that live feel, uh, you know, whether you're performing music or whether you're dancing, getting that immediate um, response from an audience, feeling the energy in the room. Uh, now, that's something that doesn't happen when you make projects like these. Um, I was just wondering how that feels um, and, you know, and whether now you look for that kind of affirmation, the feedback, the energy where do you find it in, in when you make projects like this? Oh, wow. <laughs> For that, I think personally with performing music, I would much rather perform in front of people. But I had to do a performance, like a live performance, like a live stream during quarantine. And that was, I'm trying to recall the feelings I felt. I think it was a lot more confronting because you're just on your own and, there's always this feedback. I think a lot of artists, even including Suki, probably with dancing, you 
you get the energy from the audience as well and how they respond. So this time it felt, like I said, a lot more confronting. I was just with my piano and it felt, how do I say it? The word is, I guess, intimate. Like it's just with yourself, but at the same time, you know, people are watching you. So there's a lot of thoughts going on. I personally would prefer to perform in front of people, like a live audience. But if this is a different way to reach people, why not? There are then two types, right? One is a live stream performance and another one is, you know, recorded. And and these two things felt also rather different to me. I think with live sessions, so whether it's teaching classes or performing, uh, definitely what Rachel said about you, you kind of feel like nobody's watching you. Um, but at the same time, you're very much aware that there's this, you know, camera. And <laughs> and that is very strange. So I, I felt very scrutinized. <laughs> and I have both done a live stream performance and classes as well. And of course, this additional kind of um, potential issues, right, with tech and things like that. Oh, my God, Ooh. is the camera still running? <laughs> is the connection still stable? Yeah, um, yeah so definitely I prefer, um, like, live performance then I think just being in the space in the room with with other people is a very different feeling but I think with um, a recording so for instance um, because it is recorded and I think then it is a very different dimension because you know that people are not watching right now and that after this you have time to look at your work do a redo if you want. Decide <laughs> how you want to edit things. Uh, yeah. So for me, then it didn't. It didn't feel like such a big difference because, yeah, like sometimes I've also done, you know, video recordings and stuff. So I think it felt more like a different form of the art, and and yeah. So so that was actually for me adding other layers that I could consider that I wouldn't otherwise consider on stage. So mm. just to just to wrap up, um, what do you hope that the that viewers take away from Soliloquy, a dance film? I have friends <laughs> who told me, you know, oh, it feels so so dark or so intense, or I, I'm not quite sure what I'm feeling, but you know, they feel unsettled. And I think I think definitely a lot of people relate to this feeling of, you know, being alone. And, and like I said, yeah, sometimes I think it can be rather intense. But for me, it's not necessarily um, a negative thing to feel very overwhelmed because I think then it, it becomes a chance, right, for us to reflect and for us to think and, and sit with our thoughts and so I hope that for, for people who are watching it, even if you, you feel whatever kind of emotions that you're feeling inside, but the main thing is knowing that you're not the only person who feels this and we're all going through this situation together, even though, you know, separately. Yeah. Anything to add, Rachel? Yeah, um, similar to Suki, I think for me, I would want, I would love for people to enjoy it, but also at the same time, um, take it as a way to observe themselves, their thought patterns, and be okay with that. Sometimes, you know, your thoughts can just keep running, but just not judging your thoughts, just letting it go through and then coming to a conclusion in your own time. Thank you so much, guys.
Thank you for having us. I've been speaking with dancer and choreographer Suki Yi and musician Rachel Morais about their collaborative dance film called Soliloquy, a dance film. It is a four and a half minute video that was made entirely under the pandemic, um, you know, with social distancing measures in place. Suki was in Kuala Lumpur. Rachel was in Brisbane. It was filmed in their homes. Um, so you can view it on YouTube or on their Instagram channels. Uh, just search for their names or search for Soliloquy, a dance film. Uh, we will also be linking the video in our podcast description so you can click through there as well. If you've missed any part of this interview or any previous Front Row segments, you can download the podcasts on bfm.my, on our BFM app or on Spotify. Now we'll leave you with a little bit of the music from the video itself by Rachel. You've been listening to Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.